Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. First degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. The first degree. These things are supposed to happen in movies, not in real life. I realize the fragility of your existence, right? You think you live in a house and the doors are all locked and everything's, you know, set, but could somebody be watching you? Welcome to The First Degree, the true crime podcast that you might end up on. My name is Jack Fanick. I'm sitting far away from Alexis Linkletter and Billy Jensen. And this week is part two of the Ski Mask Rapist. If you haven't listened to part one, you're going to have no idea what the hell we're talking about. So go back, listen to part one, and then you can binge part two right now. But Billy, what day is it today before we jump in? Jack, it's April 21st. This one is for you. It's Bulldogs Are Beautiful Day. Oh, how did we? Is is this a, is this a Wednesday one or is this a actual date? I think most Observed. of these are actual dates. I think the bookmobile just really threw us off as yeah. as a Thanksgiving yeah. type of a holiday. Okay, got it. Because I'm like, we would have remembered this one from last year because Jack would have had been wearing a shirt or something. <laughs> well, I love the Bulldogs Are Beautiful Day. I love that they have to say are beautiful. It can't just be National Bulldog Day because so many people mm. wrongly think that they're ugly dogs, which I will never agree with. And it is a hill that I will die on that they're the cutest dog in the world. So I appreciate this day. It's also National Banana Day. <laughs> love a banana and keep off the grass day which i don't you know i don't understand some curmudgeon day. curmudgeon got in there sounds like a george costanza kind of day yes it sure does fun fact i'm allergic to bananas so i'll leave it at that you are slightly allergic i get a really itchy mouth and my throat slightly closes up just a little <laughs> bit not enough to be worried you don't want to tempt fate with that one just, just stay away from the bananas yeah no it's fine all right well that's enough of that so let's turn on the lights and turn up your anxiety. Because this could be you. years, a man police dubbed the Ski Mask Rapist had terrorized the Bay Area of California, raping upwards of 27 unsuspecting women in their homes, in churches, or school campuses. Women did what they could to protect themselves, and sketches of a possible suspect circulated in the region. But these things did little to stop the suspect, 
who was hell-bent on raping and terrorizing as many women as possible. This suspect would always wear a ski mask, would rob his victims, and he would always enter through an unlocked window or door. The police believe the rapist would sit in church or school parking lots to zero in on targets before stalking his victims to learn their routines right before he struck. By November of 1987, 26-year-old George Sanchez was a suspect in the ski mask rapist case, and the San Jose Police Department had put surveillance detail on the 26-year-old city sewer worker. And while Sanchez would come and go at odd hours and peruse various neighborhoods, they hadn't caught him doing anything incriminating at this point. When the 1987 Thanksgiving weekend approached, due to staffing issues, the decision to pull the surveillance detail off of Sanchez was made. And the San Jose police learned what a costly mistake this would be when they received a call informing them that another rape had occurred. This time, chillingly, the victim was an 84-year-old woman who had been attacked at the church in San Jose, and the attack itself happened inside of a confessional. When the police spoke to the woman, she told them how the horrifying events unfolded. The man had asked to use a telephone before raping her. At first, the suspect wasn't wearing a disguise, but then he locked her in the confessional and came back 10 minutes later wearing a mask. He held her at gunpoint and said during the attack, I was in a trance, I couldn't think. The attacker stole her wallet, which is a red clutch-type purse. And this very devout church-going 84-year-old had been raped in her place of worship. And this assault just happened to occur when the security detail had been pulled off of their now lead suspect, George Sanchez. To put it lightly, this was a huge police blunder. But by this point, the police were rather certain that George Sanchez was their guy. The 84-year-old victim had briefly seen his face. And while she said that she wasn't 100% sure it was George Sanchez, her description was shockingly similar to his physical appearance. The news coverage about this, understandably, was not that favorable. The police defended themselves on the news. Sergeant Dwight Messimer said, quote, Over the holiday weekend, because we're thin on the holidays anyway, there just weren't enough people to do it. You don't put one guy on an 18-hour shift to tail somebody. And the hope here is that this negative publicity would act as a motivating factor to make an arrest in this case once and for all. And the plan now was to meticulously follow George Sanchez until he slipped up. He was bound to eventually, they're thinking. So they followed Sanchez relentlessly and continued to do so all the way up to December 14th. December 14th, which brings the story full circle because it was December 14th that the police trailed George Sanchez to an apartment complex in Redwood City, California. And all of this should sound familiar to you, because it's the apartment home of our first degrees, Bill and Christine, that the ski mask rapist had set his sights on this evening. An entire team of undercover officers followed Sanchez all the way to the outskirts of this complex. But unfortunately, and terrifyingly, they lost him once he was on the premises. So they knew he was at this complex, They just had no idea which unit. The police at this point were helpless in saving whichever woman Sanchez was targeting. They had no way of stopping this if a rape was going to occur. So Bill recalls how the suspect gained entry to their apartment. So what he did was um, there was a kind of an underground parking garage under the apartment. And he had gone in there and he'd unscrewed the light bulb. And there happened to be a chair sitting down there. So he grabbed that 
And fortunately, he made the mistake of stepping in a big puddle of oil from one of the cars and tracked that all the way up, stepped on that, and then there were footprints inside the house. We still aren't sure why George Sanchez abandoned his plan to attack Christine. Perhaps he just sensed that something was amiss that evening. So the police had determined he was probably in our apartment for quite a while while we we were talking. Because she was on the phone, he probably was, you know, afraid to make a move. He might have gotten spooked. According to the police, they followed him there and then they lost him. They couldn't find him, right? So they were walking around kind of lurking in the bushes, to tr- looking in the windows to see if they could find the guy. I guess he freaked, jumped back out the window, and took the screen with him. If you recall from episode one, Christine fled the home at the instruction of the friend she called who met her in the street. It's at that point that they made contact with the police who were hidden around the perimeter, and she told them what happened. The police had narrowly missed him again. Bill was out of town for a business trip when all of this went down. So I got back to the hotel and the night clerk at the desk said, you have an emergency phone call. You have a panic, your heart races, all types of scenarios go through your mind, right? I didn't know if she'd gotten in an accident or if, you know, something happened, the place burned down. I mean, ski mask rapist wasn't even, I mean, that never even occurred to me. So that that was not anything that went through my mind. I just wanted to kill the guy. (laughs) I mean, I, I... I was so angry. I was so relieved yet and so angry that something like that would happen, right? And then when you hear, I mean, you know, through the grapevine, we had heard that the cops, they had been tracking this guy. They knew who he was. They were trying to catch him in the in the act. And that made me angry, too. Jesus Christ, you're using my girlfriend as bait, right, or some other innocent woman? That was That was a little... You know, and it was in the 80s, right? Things were a little different then, you know? However, while George Sanchez hadn't technically been caught in the act, this close call was enough for the DA's office to grant the San Jose Police Department a warrant to search his home and his vehicle. And they found a treasure trove of evidence. They found ski masks, black pantyhose that had been turned into a mask with isolates. They found black gloves and a black pellet gun resembling a 45 caliber automatic weapon. The police also found jewelry and other items belonging to several ski mask victims. And grossly, as it turns out, that George Sanchez was giving jewelry owned by his victims to his wife, Clara, as gifts. Officers also found the red wallet owned by the 84-year-old victim, and inside were pictures of her grandchildren. And now they had more than enough evidence to arrest George Sanchez as the ski mask rapist. He was taken into custody when he was on his way to work on December 16, 1987. And this was two days after he was inside the apartment of Bill and Christine. Bill recalls hearing about the arrest. When they arrested him, it was probably in the paper... And then it was like, holy crap, this guy, this guy's, he's evil, right? I mean, I uh, just, you, you can't believe all the damage he's done. Days after George Sanchez was arrested, the police returned to Bill and Christine's apartment. The police came by the next day and then their communication was nil, right? There was no anything from them. Everything we gathered, the information we got was essentially from newspaper. The cops never came by and asked a thing. It's a little odd, right? I mean, when you look back at it, you're like, hmm, 
Yeah, it would have been nice to have more information. I have buried it. There wasn't really anybody like asking me these questions at the time. So it made me think, well, it's a really casual thing. I guess I, I missed a bullet and no one's really concerned. So I, I didn't really put much emphasis on it. And while it's weird that the cops didn't follow up with them, maybe it was for the best because the whole thing really rattled Christine. It just didn't really hit me until like days later, weeks later, years later. Like, like, how did this possibly happen? How did I end up being the victim and yet like missing the whole thing? And it was just wild. And as far as seeking information about the details of George Sanchez's crimes, it's something Christine was really not that interested in. I don't believe I've even read any of the accounts but I, I do remember just the one about the elderly woman in a Catholic confessional. If I read all of the, of the victims, I mean, I'd be really freaked out, right? I think the, I mean, the reason why I feel a bit of carefreeness is I didn't investigate everything. I just didn't want any other affiliation with it um, because it's so heavy. When I was growing up, I took French in high school, but I could never get the language to stick. I wanted to be fluent so bad, but it never happened. I just couldn't focus and I couldn't practice enough and it didn't work. But thankfully, there's Rosetta Stone, which is the most trusted language learning program. And it's available on desktop or it can be used as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone is different. It immerses you in so many ways. And with its intuitive process, you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, and then sentences. And before you know it, boom, conversations. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the first degree listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com first. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com first today. Okay, so it comes as no surprise that I have absolutely no idea how to cook. I don't want to learn how to cook. It's not really my thing. But when I tried Factor meals, it was a freaking game changer. So Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. Yeah, two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. So the first time I tried Factor meals, I was actually blown away because I'm like, that's it. That That's all it is. Two minutes and the meals are so delicious. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. And you can treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, ooh, fancy, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Like I said, they're so easy to prepare. I love them. So head to factormeals.com slash degree50 and use code degree50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code degree50 at factorymeals.com slash degree50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. 
Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. It's almost summer, and the best and most sustainable way to shop for a new season is on therealreal.com. The Real Real is the largest and most trusted source for authenticated luxury resale. It's the only place you'll find brands like Hermes, Cartier, Prada, Dior, Staud, Zimmerman, Jacquemus, and more for up to 90% off retail. 10,000 plus new arrivals land every single day from hundreds of brands you love, all authenticated by a team of in-house experts. Whether it's that perfect wedding guest look, a new summer sandal, an updated beach tote, resort wear for your summer vacation, you're bound to find exactly what you're looking for, plus deals you won't get anywhere else on therealreal.com. Visit therealreal.com and use code FIRST at checkout for 20% off. Terms apply. News of the arrest of 26-year-old George Sanchez was a shock to many who knew him, including his wife, who was surprised but also cooperative. And you can imagine that on top of learning her husband and the father of her children was a serial rapist, she was also super pissed when she found out the police were going to charge her with 13 counts of possession of stolen property for having the many pieces of the victim's jewelry in her possession. One of Sanchez's neighbors was a 12-year-old girl who often played with the Sanchez children. And actually, a third-grade teacher at her school had been one of the victims. So another thing that happened on the heels of George Sanchez's arrest was that the San Jose police were facing some tough questions. Because by this point, the public had learned about several aspects of this investigation. First of all, it took detectives six months to start watching Sanchez after they'd received the tip from the Foster City woman who recognized Sanchez as the man who burglarized her home, leaving a ski mask, pellet gun, and gloves behind. Now, that evidence had sat in a Foster City police storage room for two years, and the connection was never made to the much-publicized rape case, which was taking place only 25 miles away. During this time period, 16 rapes had occurred. The police defended themselves and said that they didn't associate attempted burglaries with rape cases because the two crimes were so different. They said many burglars wear ski masks or hoods, and most burglars are not rapists. George Anthony Sanchez was booked on charges of burglary as well as 124 counts of rape, sexual assault, robbery, and burglary against 27 women in the San Jose area over a three-year period. He pled not guilty to the charges. Now, all there was to do was wait for the trial date to approach. And in the meantime, another strange piece of information was made public. A cousin of George Sanchez was placed under arrest for being an accomplice to one of the rapes that had occurred in May. 20-year-old Antonio Rodriguez was charged with five felony counts, including forcible rape, oral copulation, forcible sodomy, plus robbery and burglary. And in terms of evidence, it's unclear how he was implicated in this rape. And as far as his prosecution, instead of fighting the charges and going to trial, Rodriguez pled guilty and received 28 years in prison. I'm always so fascinated by family secrets like this, like they did this together. And it's like, we know that George Sanchez is married with kids, you know, like, yeah. And it's like, what do they all sit around Thanksgiving dinner and just pretend this didn't happen? Like, I'm so fascinated by 
by family members who do this kind of shit together. Or just two people who do this kind of shit together. Like, it's one thing to have one person that is a terrible fucking evil piece of shit, but then to find another person that's a terrible fucking evil piece of shit too, and then get them together to do this, like, that blows my mind that you find somebody that's, like, levels in your evil. When you find, like, the the toolbox killers or the... the, um, Yeah you know, the Hillside Strangler. It's just like, how do they find each other? But they do. And well, what kind of awkward conversation occurs <laughs> for them to figure out they're both into this too? It's like they're two dudes like, hey, you ever wish that that someone said no? And you said like, yeah, I'm into that, bro. Me too. Like, um, how do these people even have this conversation to fi- figure out they're going to do this? And then does he go, hey, bro, I've done it like 25 times. Why don't you come next time? And, and the cousin's just like, cool next time? Yeah. I'm just like, what? How did this happen? It's like inviting somebody to happy hour. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just bizarre because wouldn't you be worried someone would tell on you? Like, I don't know. It's a risk to bring it up. So you wonder how long they had been like beating around the bush before someone just said it, like that they wanted to do it. Yeah. Anyways, when the trial began, George Anthony Sanchez was facing 625 years in prison if convicted of all the charges he was facing. And many of the victims would be called to testify. And to her surprise, so was Christine. Christine got a, uh, a thing in the mail that they, you know, asked her to come testify. And I was out of town, so her dad went with her. I was sitting in court and I was sitting in the box. And I remember I didn't look up because I'm like, I am not looking at this guy, right? And I just remember a shackled prisoner being escorted into the courtroom. And then I basically just recounted everything. It was very bizarre. I was afraid to see his face. Like, I I just looked at whoever the prosecutor was, and I just recounted my story. Then I was excused. Another key witness who was slated to testify was an inmate who had been housed with Sanchez after his arrest. This inmate was named Raymond George Allen. And according to him... Sanchez had confessed to being the ski mask rapist and even expressed concern that his last victim, the 84-year-old woman, had seen his face and may be able to identify him. 27 victims in total testified in court and faced their attacker. The testimony was compelling and overwhelming. George Sanchez was convicted of 117 counts of sexual assault. He was sentenced to 406 years in prison and began serving his sentence at Correctional Training Facility in Soledad, starting on June 6th, 1989. I never was afraid of anything. There was never any fear of anything happening, right? I mean, that's kind of how I was until that point. Christine's very good at compartmentalizing, you know, and she can she can take that and kind of put that in a, uh, a box. Even now, she puts furniture up when I have to travel and go, go to meetings, etc. She'll put all the furniture up against the doors. You know, we lock the gates every night. We um, we have cameras outside. So I've I've gone to the extreme, right? I have a ring doorbell that lets me know every time somebody's there. I'm very security uh, conscious. <laughs> According to a 1989 UPI article about Sanchez's conviction, he was set to receive a life without parole sentence, but that didn't end up happening. So George Sanchez was locked up. The proverbial key had been thrown away. But here's the thing. This wouldn't be the last time that you'd hear his name, because it was resurrected in 2019, and here's why. 
despite being sentenced to more than 400 years in prison. By 2019, he qualified for parole under something called the Elderly Parole Program. Specifically, he qualified as a youth offender since he committed all of his rapes before the age of 26. The program is typically only available to inmates who are 60 or older, but the youth circumstance grants Sanchez the possibility of speedier parole. So he's currently 58 and apparently requested the parole hearing. Luckily today, we know exactly where this dangerous predator is. He's behind bars, and there's no question about that. But questions do remain. One is, why, back in 1987, did Sanchez abort the attack on Christine? Well, is there ever a reason when it comes to things like this? Sometimes there is no reason. The randomness, the sickingly uncontrollable luck of the draw is sometimes the only thing that spares you a life-shattering or life-ending experience. For me, for months, I would constantly go through in my mind, well, why, what happened? Something happened that for some reason he decided to leave without attacking my girlfriend. I couldn't figure it out because she was in her underwear sitting, I think, at her desk in our bedroom talking. I mean, as soon as we hung up, perfect environment to attack her, right? We'll probably never know what happened. And thank God it did, right? But I would constantly think about that. Why? Why? And Bill remains grateful that his wife was spared being victim of such a terrifying incident. He's also grateful and gushes about Christine still, which is adorable. I wake up every morning and I think, I'm the luckiest man alive. How did I meet such a beautiful, wonderful person? We're so lucky. The close call still has a lasting impact. Not just on Christine, but on Bill, too. We immediately started looking for a place to move. I felt too vulnerable there. We bought a place in Redwood Shores and we bought a place upstairs. I kind of felt, all right, if you're upstairs, you're probably safer. I always felt like Christine's kind of the, the mountain lion that's stalking his prey and you're, you constantly have to look over your shoulder. I was, I was constantly looking over my shoulder. I thought, probably felt I w- had to be more protective after that to, to ensure that, you know, nothing would ever happen to her. And you can't be the helicopter spouse or boyfriend. Life goes on. And I think with Christine, you know, let's put it in the box. I'm not going to think about it. And um, we're going to move on. So, you know, really, it probably affected me emotionally more than her. At least that that's how I view it. And even to this day, I don't even like to go out, you know, like, as they say, nothing good happens after 10 o'clock, right? I don't like to be out, out late. We have uh, two daughters and a son, and I'm always, always reminding them, you know, don't go out at night and party because you're vulnerable, you know? Women are vulnerable in our society. It's really, it's really too bad. And here's Christine again. I really think I didn't process it until many, many years later. And because I definitely feel more scared now than I have in years past, because I realize the fragility of your existence, right? You think you live in a house and the doors are all locked and everything's, you know, set, but could somebody be watching you? Years later, Bill and Christine have worked to instill caution in their two daughters as a result of their experience. I don't think they really can fathom it 
I, I kind of feel like it was a near miss and they're thinking I, I'm invincible, but I'm constantly like, you know, watch where you're walking, turn around and look. When you go to enter your place, look around and see if somebody is monitoring you. It's not the fairy tale anymore. You live a fine line if somebody decides to target you. Somewhere, sometime, someone's picked you. And maybe if you're alert, you might be able to avoid it with everything in life. It's not going to happen to me. It's somebody else. I guess that's a great thing about life, right? You just think, oh, my life is going to be grand. Nothing bad will happen, you know, but it's right on the other side, right? If you're not careful. All right. Well, huge, huge thank you to Bill and Christine for being our first degrees for the past two weeks. If you are listening and you have a story to tell, please email us hello at the first degree podcast.com. You can follow us on Instagram at the first degree at Alexis Linkletter at Billy Jensen at Jack Vanek. Join our Facebook group. We are talking true crime all the time. And like last week, we are foregoing killing time this week because we are working on preparing our second episode a week, killing time spectacular. And we're so excited. Woo. That's right. Get ready. It's going to be on Thursdays. 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 And remember, only you can prevent serial killers. Keep your friends close. But not not that that close. close. Happy Bulldogs are beautiful day, Jacqueline. Bulldogs are so beautiful. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Shout out to Jared Monaco for producing original music for The First Degree, our producing team, Caitlin Cleveland, Taylor Rogers, and Alan Santiago for Podcast One. Sources for today's episode include The Associated Press, The LA Times, The Mercury News, UPI, The San Francisco Chronicle, and as always, our first degree guests, in this case, Bill and Christine, are always our largest source. Bye. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, Eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.